Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to be a part of it. Michael Jordan, stay calm. podcast on the athletic network it's tuesday april 13th i'm j.e skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey yo hey yo and of course last but not least making the magic happen running this three-man weaver here it's jd hello there he is and here we are shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on youtube we see you guys drop your dorts hit and smash that like button Comment away, defeat the algorithm, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Hey, speaking of subscribers, congratulations to Kenny Beecham, king of the mm, fourth quarter, yeah. on hitting a million YouTube subscribers. That is an unbelievable number to wrap your head around. We just had Kenny on last week's uh, happy hour, which oddly feels like eight weeks ago to me now. <laughs> yep. I'm telling you guys, you take one day off, just one day off. I wasn't here for Monday. You guys did a fantastic job doing the NBA weekend winners and losers. Trey, Tass, and JD, but you just feel so, like, out of touch in a weird way. And I mean, yeah. I, I didn't look at my phone all that much. I was up in the mountains. I tried to actually relax. I wasn't, like, religiously following the NBA over the weekend. Uh, and I know WrestleMania was happening, too. I just felt like <laughs> you get back from a vacation like that, even if it's just one day extra, and you're like, oh, God, what did I miss? Oh, no, where, what's going on? Who won WrestleMania? I don't even know. What happened in the NBA? I don't even know. But uh, you need a vacation from your vacation, as they always say. But you guys mm-hmm. held it down. So uh, thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, shout out to Kenny, king of the fourth quarter. One million. No joke. Nothing but Crazy. W's for that guy. Email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast, which is actually, I think, tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> All right. That's right. We're already on the beach. So email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. You can tweet them in at nodunksinc. I know we need some more still. So have at it. Get your best questions in, NBA-related or not. An immaculate item is always available for sale over at nodunks.com. Okay. We got a lot to talk about. Talk about. I always say that, but it's true. Um, two things happening in one game, Trey, and we're going to tackle both of them. And we'll start with the good news. Uh, Steph Curry surpassed Wilt Chamberlain as the Golden State Warriors' all-time leading scorer uh, en route to his ninth 50-point performance of his career on Monday. Curry entered the game with 17,765 points for the Warriors, just 18 behind Wilt, and he erased that uh, deficit pretty quickly. Uh, He hit five of his first seven threes and then overtook Will Chamberlain on a layup with about, I don't know, less than two minutes to go in the first quarter, finished with 53-7-4. And And the Warriors got a win. That's very important here, too. They're obviously in this... uh, play and race but look just talk about curry a little bit like how pretty damn impressive it is anytime you're surpassing a wilt chamberlain record you know yeah uh exactly right skeets he needed 19 points to pass wilt he knew that and said okay here's 21 in the first quarter i'll pass him right away 
I'm reminded of a young Trey Kirby and a young J.E. Skeets, sharing time in numerous offices throughout the globe, always doing sporkle quizzes, always saying, you gotta guess Wilt Chamberlain for everything, (laughs) because the numbers this guy put up throughout his career are unbelievable, so yeah. Passing Wilt on a list, especially a scoring list, that is a major achievement from Steph Curry. I thought Nate Jones said it best on Twitter last night. Steph took one of the worst franchises in the league and made it a global powerhouse. Honestly, unbelievable when you Mm -hmm. think about the Steph Curry story. The We Believe Warriors, 2007, were a huge deal, mostly because of how bad the Warriors had been. They made one playoff appearance from 1994 to 2013. It was that We Believe Warriors appearance. They caught the league by storm back then because they had been such a joke for such a long time, basically since Wilt and uh, Rick Barry were around. Mm -hmm. It was not a storied franchise. And when you think about it, Steph even wasn't a sure thing. We read in Ethan Sherwood Strauss's book that he was nearly traded for Chris Paul, I believe. Uh, The deal with the Bucks that brought Andrew Bogut to the Warriors. Uh, Milwaukee had their choice between Monte Ellis and Steph Curry. They chose Monte, and then the fans booed the team because they traded Monte. That's how upset they were to be losing a guy that had been there for a little, had been a part of the We Believe Warriors. A few years later, though, three titles, two MVPs, one unanimous, a legitimately game-changing player, just like Wilt Chamberlain, with some Wilt Chamberlain-style legends, I think. Like, when we really look back on Steph Curry's career, 20 years after it's over, this guy started pulling up from half court. Isn't going to be a lot different than they had to widen the lane because of Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Steph has been honored while he's playing, but I think it's going to be at the end of his career that really we really see the entirety of everything that he achieved because it's exciting when you're in the midst of it, but when you are able to look back and say, wow, this guy was the first of a new generation of kind of player, uh, it's going to be really wild. And so, yeah, I mean, passing Wilt Chamberlain, It doesn't feel like anybody should ever pass Wilt Chamberlain on any sort of list. So incredible achievement for Steph. He's good. I think he's going to I think he's going to have a future here in this league. I do like uh, even though he passed Wilt, I like that you still have to like make note of like it almost took twice as many games because Wilt Chamberlain's yeah scoring uh, whatever it was like 45 a game. I don't have the exact numbers in in front of me, but Wilt played significantly less games for the Warriors to have that uh, all time points leading record. And then Curry with his longevity and his ability to score, of course, uh, surpassing him. It just feels right. I also think I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because you never know what happens at the end of a career. Like, is it that far fetched that at the end of Curry's career, he goes to Charlotte, he goes home to that state, or he goes somewhere else, because it does happen. But if you were a betting man, Trey, does it not feel like Steph Curry will be one of the rare players, especially in today's game, that would stay with one franchise? Like, would you bet on that? Or, or would you say, no, Skeets, you're just caught in the moment right now. Like you just said, crazy things happen at the end. You know, Patrick Ewing's a Nick for life, and suddenly he's playing, you know, on the Sonics and Magic. It, it, weird things happen like that, but my gut just says he'll be there. Uh, for his entire career. Maybe I'm hoping that. I assume the same, Skeets. You're right. The only feasible case you can really make is that maybe someday he would go play for the Charlotte Hornets. I can see that being the case just because of, you know, the family history there and growing up around there, going to school around there. Maybe that would be the case, but I'm with you. You know, there were rumors of Tim Duncan leaving the Spurs once upon a time. That never happened. There were rumors of Kobe Bryant leaving the Lakers once upon a time. That never happened. Dirk Nowitzki with the Mavericks. That never happened. Steph feels like he's in that realm to me. And, you know, you hear the same from Steve Kerr, who has compared him to Tim Duncan throughout his career, the little man version of Tim Duncan. Maybe he's the guy who stays there, wins a bunch of championships, 
still guides the team through the more fallow years when you're not necessarily a title contender, but you're still a playoff team and you're still trying to get back. And then who knows what they're able to add in the future to give Steph Curry a second breath at the tail end of his prime, just like uh, Tim Duncan got from Manu stepping into his own, Kawhi Leonard becoming a player. There's still ways that, you know, the, the Warriors aren't a great team right now, but if you have Steph Curry for the rest of his career, there are people who are going to want to at least take a chance in that. Obviously, Curry's going to be the kind of player that can have an impact towards the end of his career. He's still going to be one of the best shooters in the league, even if he's 45 years old. So I hope he's a warrior for life. He's Mr. Warrior is what yeah. uh, Reggie Miller was calling him. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw Michael Jordan leave the Bulls. It happens to the greats. I don't feel like it's going to happen with Steph Curry, though. I'm uh, with you. Yeah, but then again, I saw someone in the chat say, well... Tony Parker ended up playing for another team. And Good point. I know like Good Tony point. Parker is not on Curry's level, but of course, yeah, his tie to the Spurs franchise and all the championships and you're like, yeah, you would have never thought that would have happened either and there he is, you know, just trying to get some more burn and help a young team and, uh, you know, sees a paycheck. So uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit more uh, in some instances. I think Curry will be a warrior for life. Oh, final thing on Curry. I wish Lily was here because you know he loves talking about this. I saw Anthony Slater of The Athletic was asked sort of like, or tried to like wrap his head around when Curry will catch Ray Allen's NBA record for made threes. Because Curry goes off in this game here with the 53. Passing Wilt, that's the headline. But, you know, another 10 of 18 from distance. And he's now the oldest player. Steph Curry, the oldest player in NBA history to notch three 50-point games in a single season. That's a wild one. I was like, how old is Curry? And he's 33. That's, uh, he's not that old. I'm going to get a guy here, especially the way he plays. He could play another 10 years. But Anthony Slater says... Steph ended the night 254 made threes from Ray Allen. 19 games left this season. So he chops that down to what? Maybe under 200 makes before opening night next season. Presuming he stays healthy. And I know Lee has he's crunched the numbers too. You can expect Steph to pass Ray probably around the all-star break of next season. And that to me, like, I like this Wilt one. I get it. We talked about him being possibly a warrior for life. It's awesome. The, the made threes list, of course he's going to get it, and it's just a matter of time, but that will be the one I think that will be like really, really celebrated for all the reasons that you said, Trey. Like He was a game changer. He, like, like Wilt, in a completely different way, just changed the style of basketball uh, for his era. So, you know, again, knock on wood that there's no injury to him, stuff like that, but maybe around the All-Star break... Curry will be eclipsing Ray Allen, and then it will just be a matter of time before the magical 3000, which is also pretty cool. <laughs> Mr. 3000, just like Bernie Mac. I love it. Uh, That's right. But yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, at the end of his career, when Steph Curry retires, he should and likely will hold every three-point record, which is a fitting achievement for him to be uh, the best three-point shooter ever, to have the record books say the same. And surely, once we actually see the enormity of the numbers, it's going to look hilarious How just, just how far ahead Steph Curry is on all of these. It's exciting times. It was a fun game last night, you know, 48 through three quarters. So everybody's thinking, all right, here we go. The Warriors bench has been struggling. They're going to blow this lead. But they actually played pretty well. They kept the lead for quite some time uh, so that... Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get Curry back right away. He ended up with 53. It felt like he could have gone for 70 on a night like last night, but <laughs> an enjoyable uh, an enjoyable affair for the Warriors. Steph Curry, he's good. Let's get to the bad news from the Nuggets-Warriors game. Jamal Murray suffered an apparent knee injury during the final minute. This is That's the real blow of the game versus the Warriors. About 50 seconds to go. Uh, Kitchener's finest there. 
drives in. Nuggets are trailing. He's trying to get a bucket to have any hope of them pulling out this victory. Routine layup, if we're being honest here, he plants his left leg and it buckles. Beneath him, he fell to the court. He was down for a while, but he's a tough SOB. Get your wheelchairs out of here. I'm, I'm limping off of this floor. And now, as of right now here, of course, on a, on a Tuesday morning, uh, just waiting to see what the MRI results are. Though, look, you watched it, Trey. We're not doctors here. Well, you sort of were. You were almost a doctor, I guess. You were close enough. Um, but it doesn't look good. I, I like, That's I not what de- the medical schools thought, Skeets. Well, they, I'm your... they said close enough is not close enough, oh, actually. really? Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know why. Uh, you're the doctor of the no-dunks team, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, this was depressing. Uh, I woke up to this news. I wasn't watching this part live. And... Man, it sucked. Like it's the first, you know, the first thing I do. Like I'm sure 99% of you out there, you grab your phone that's sitting there on your uh, night table. We shouldn't do that, by the way. We should keep our phone in another room completely. Uh, but it's the first thing I see on Twitter, probably because all I do is talk about Jamal Murray, Kitchener's finest, and like the Twitter <laughs> algorithm knows that anything Jamal Murray uh, related, I'm gonna want to see, but not this, and uh, doesn't doesn't look good. And he had just missed a couple games here prior with a knee. Injury, soreness, it was his other knee, but, you know, of course, is there a correlation there because you're unfortunately putting more weight or more stress on the other knee because you have a bad knee, whatever. This sucks, and look, we don't know. Hopefully, it's just like a bruise of some sort, and he's out a couple weeks. Again, this this kid is tough, but the worst-case scenario is like this is a torn, uh, one of the CLs uh, is is what it's looking like, but what do you think? I mean, a non-contact injury, and you could tell that Murray was in pain. I was, I was watching it live, and it was just like, I mean, they had to basically, they turned off the game audio and just let the, the commentators talk because he was right underneath the basket, mm-hmm. clearly, you know, screaming in pain and having to deal with whatever injury it is. Did not look good. We will see what comes from the MRI, hoping for the best, but, I mean, those kind of injuries can linger for a year and it's going to be a really tough thing for the Nuggets to overcome because Murray has such a unique game he can blend in but obviously he can stand out there's a lot of things that the Nuggets are going to have to cover for him uh, now that he's likely going to be missing quite a bit of time here the ball handling I think it's going to be on Monte Morris and Will Barton you know scoring shooting playmaking for others they're both shooting the ball pretty well this season I think Morris is a little bit more of a point guard Barton's a little bit more of a slasher the scoring picking up Jamal Murray's scoring that's got to be Michael Porter Jr. nice game last night 24 points 11 of 21 just one of seven from three but he's been in a zone recently you know he's going to be ready to take more shots and when it comes playoff time assuming no Jamal Murray it's all on Nikola Jokic which sounds reductive but it's true we've been talking for a while now about how Murray is made to step it off in the playoffs he's got the skill set and he's got the confidence that really unleashes him when there's less concern for kind of the team play and building chemistry and when it's all about just focusing on getting that win that night Murray is awesome he can really take his game to the next level Jokic obviously is a proven playoff performer as well he's been at a high level the entire season the Nuggets are just gonna need him to get to another one in the postseason Uh, we've seen the past couple of games the Nuggets seem to have been getting flustered and that's just something that's not going to be able to happen uh, if the Nuggets right. are still going to make a run here in the postseason. Can't be taken out of the game by bad calls from referees or things just not going your way. Because if you got no Nikola Jokic on the floor, if he's not playing to his full capacity without Murray, the Nuggets are not the team that we've seen for the entire season. Without Jamal Murray, you know, near 100%, the Nuggets are not winning the championship. And 
you could talk me into them winning it if he's there and sure. he's Bubble Murray, which he was. I saw our boy Dan Devine, you know, tweeting last night. You look at the per 36 numbers, what he was doing, Jamal Murray, in the bubble to what Murray was doing over the last two months because he had a slow, slow start to the season. But to the last two months, in terms of his scoring and playmaking and rebounding and the efficiency, they were damn near identical. So Jamal Murray had picked it up here over the last little bit. This is a very difficult loss. Again, we're hoping for the best. Maybe he's back. Maybe it is just a bone bruise. It doesn't look like it is. This could be like a, a, a year-out type of injury, a nine-month-to-a-year-out type of injury, and this would suck, 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 suck. Also, blows for Team Canada, um, who, you know, Jamal Murray was poised to be a meaningful contributor to Team Canada's Olympic pursuit. Team Canada's not in the Olympics. There's going to be a, a tournament still to win that tournament you're in type of thing to try and go to Tokyo in 2021 here or later on. And he had talked about wanting to play. You know, he's always saying, like, anytime you play for your country, it's, like, just a different type of honor uh, than even playing on a, on a team or in the league. So it sounded like he was really invested in continuing with Team Canada there. Um, he said that back in December. I don't think things would have changed all that much. So that sucks for Team Canada's chances, too. I mean, it, they weren't even a lock with him to win that tournament, to, to uh, win their way over there to Tokyo. So, yeah, we'll wait to hear. I mean, I'm holding out hope that it's not that, that bad. But, oh, it did. It did not look good. Mm-mm. Prayers up for Jamal Murray. Kitchener's finest. Everybody knows that. Um, other notable games, Trey. I'll throw a couple at you. I won't get to them all. Tass talked about some of them on What You Need to Know. Tass obviously uh, went on this hilarious... No, I was going to say obviously. Not obviously. <laughs> went on a hilarious um, tangent of comparing NSYNC members to the Utah Jazz players. And, uh, that was really good. Well so, yeah. So, again, out of left field, but that's Tassie for you, especially when we get crazy and zany as we uh, hit the home stretch here. Go check out what you need to know with Tass's uh, hilarious comparisons there. But the games I'll throw at you. Valanchunas leading a late burst as the Grizzlies beat the Bulls 101-90. Julius Randle, a little revenge game, uh, leading the Knicks over the Lakers. They're back over 500. And then another one I'll throw at you, Ingram and Zion, helping the Pelicans hold off the Kings 117-110. Uh, from those three games or anything else on uh, happening in the association last night, what do you want to make note of? Our Bulls are struggling, Skeets. They just cannot beat the good teams. They take a lead into the fourth. They lose the lead in the fourth. Endless loop time. Last night's stats that uh, are bugging me. 89 combined minutes for Patrick Williams, Thomas Sadoransky, Lowry Markinen, and Kobe White. 10 combined points. Mm. That ain't gonna cut it. Zach Levine has been battling an ankle injury. He hasn't been quite the same player since the All-Star break. Still good, but he was great during the first half of the season. The Bulls don't have the margin for error to overcome. Uh, Levine having an okay game and the rest of the theoretical offensive support players having a really bad game because they also don't have defense. As my dad texted me this morning, defense is a foreign language. They don't guard anybody. They got to be able to outscore them. So if you're getting 10 points combined from four rotation players, not gonna make it. But that's enough about the Bulls. Here's what I want to ask you, Skeets. Are the Pelicans going to make the play-in tournament here? They're healthier than the Warriors. They've been up and down all season, but they've been playing 500 basketball for basically two months. They're trying to chase down Steph Curry. But if Golden State needs a 40-point performance every night, then I do think New Orleans at least has a chance to make a run at that number 10 seed. Ah, man, that's tough. Because there's other teams that are still in the mix, too. It's not like the Warriors and Pelicans both can't get in. To the play-in tournament. There is enough time. Like, the Spurs are obviously in the mix there, and they just continue to win games, even though everybody forgets about them. Um, It'd be pretty ironic, actually, in a weird way, that 
you know, last year we were all joking when they brought the play-in tournament to the bubble. Everyone was like, well, we know why they're doing that. The NBA wants to get Zion Williamson in some sort of like play-in game, like a little mini March Madness there down in uh, Disney World. And then, you know, he didn't look good. The Pelicans definitely didn't look good. And they came up short and everyone was like, well, so much for that. But then here they are with the possibility of actually getting in here, and it could all work out because that would be, of course, must-see TV. The way he's playing, I mean, you guys have talked about it, point Zion for sure. They're really leaning into it. Van Cundy's pointing it out. Um, Yeah, put me down for the Pelicans getting in there. Hmm. I don't know who's going to fall out, but the Kings are done. All right, it's over. They're just like, I know they're probably still technically in play, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, four back, something. They're done. Don't worry about them. Uh, Every time I get excited... They shit the bed. So, by Kings. But, yeah. I mean, oh, man. Will the Spurs or Warriors fall out of there? Will, like, the Grizzlies... Because the Grizzlies, to me, feel like a lock. I love the way they're playing. We, Valanchunas is a monster still. Yep. John, John Morant. I know you guys had a bunch of, like, dunk of the year candidates over the weekend. Like, on guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, some huge ones. Uh, that Bridges one was next level. I think, actually, better than the Anthony Edwards dunk. But... John Morant's dunk on nobody last night? That's one of the best dunks of the year. My God, you had a screen grab tray of John Morant's head like looking down the rim on the crazy oop from, uh, from Allen. So I got the Grizzlies in there. I got the Spurs. Because Spurs, like you want to say they won't be in there, but they'll be in there. They they'll will be, be in there. Yeah, they will be. So yeah, coming down, like what, what we're saying here is like it's Warriors or Pelicans, right? And you make a great case. I mean, unless Curry can do the 45 to 50 every night, which by the way, he probably can. And they might have to. Uh, if they really lean into it, we're going to have some fun Curry games here over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I'd say the Pelicans overall are playing better. So, yeah. Put me down. Put me down for the Pelicans. Wow. Yes. yes. Pelicans over Warriors. I mean, yep. <clears throat> that would be a surprise, but I don't know. They got to get good performances. The, uh, the Warriors do from Curry every single night. I've actually thought Draymond was pretty solid last night, and hopefully... That could be a key for uh, the Warriors if he's able to uh, generate some sort of offensive production, uh, running that screen and roll. If the if the Warriors are committed to doing a high pick and roll with Steph and Draymond, that really increases their their chances of making it here. But I've been impressed with the Pelicans. They are just so up and down. It feels like you don't totally know exactly what you're going to get, except for 25 points from Zion and another 20 from Brandon Ingram. They figure out the rest from there. They've been doing pretty well, though, for a couple of months at this season, uh, a couple of months. So, I don't know. They seem to be trending upwards, whereas the Warriors are kind of just trying to tread water. Yeah, I saw a lot of people in the stream team here, like Finn pointing out, wow, the Spurs have the second most difficult remaining schedule. And then, you know, here's Colin saying the Grizzlies are playing too many good teams this month. Guys, none of this matters. None of that matters. I just saw a stat like the Wizards have like an unbelievable record against like the top teams in the league and are basically 500 against the bottom teams in the league. Look, it matters, of course, who you're playing. It's going to be an easier game in some situations. But this is the NBA, especially in the West. All these teams are playing each other, I'd assume, a lot more times. It's like the Spurs got to play the Suns three more times over this uh, final stretch here. You'd think like, oh, well, they're going to go 0-3. No, they're not. They won't. (laughs) Because it's just these teams are all really, really good. It's, of course, the scheduling, too. Are they on a back-to-back? How late are they getting in? All that comes into play. Then, of course, there's the added layer of injuries. I just don't put that much stock into sort of any of that. So that's why that question that you're asking is like, 
it's damn near impossible to answer. It's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, it's like the Grizzlies are better than the Bulls. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But they play again on Friday. And it's really hard to beat the same team yeah. a couple of times playing that close together. So I don't know. Uh, it's hard to, to lock in any victories, it feels like, for any of these teams, especially with the games coming so fast and furious. And you never know who's going to pick up an injury that makes you miss a week of time, which is a lot of games at this point. I think the Nuggets... Uh, I think they played like six games in nine nights, something mm. crazy like that. Some of these uh, schedules are jammed up to where if somebody, you know, sprains an ankle, misses a week, that can have an impact and could, can honestly decide the playoff race. It's going to be exciting, though. Playing tournaments, looking good. Yeah. Keeping me interested in these 10th seeds, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's, it's not for that uh, reason. It's, it's doing its job. I'll tell you one thing we can lock in. We're hitting 50 wedgies, and we're setting oh, yeah. the all-time oh, record yeah. for wedge. I mean, it's they come in bunches. We always tell you that. And uh, we had two more last night, both uh, on the nationally televised games. So this one, the deep, deep wedgie. wedgie from Curry there. I love it. That was number 38. Nice close-up, guys. Nobody talking about really it on nice. the broadcast, but nice close-up by the cameraman there, a woman. And then... Woo, the little softy one in the Warriors game. Ooh, slow motion. <laughs> slow it down for me. And uh, yeah, that's number 39. So, had a couple there. Uh, we had one, I guess, on the, on the weekend that I was gone. You guys uh, slipped into Monday show. So there it is, wedgietracker.com. 39 on pace for 57. And we would be, you know, killing the all-time record in a shortened season, by the way. You know, 10 less games going on here. Uh, with this 72-game season, but I'm loving it. Man, we're going to, like, will it just continue? They they just, you just get, like, four or five in a hurry. And then, it, you know, it slows down for a couple days, and then they're, they're in a hurry again. So this is great news. Wiggins with number 39, if I didn't say that. So, yeah, Trey, it's a, this is a lock, right? I, we're not even jinxing it, I don't think. I hope not. Uh, I was getting a little nervous yesterday. Uh, we showed the clip from the wedgie, and the pace was only on pace for 54. But you know, it's getting close to getting close to 50. But then you have two in a single night, back up to 57, feeling good. That Heinz 57 sauce. I'm loving it. Steph Curry goes for 53. Seth Curry wedges one in. Mm. Kismet right there. Yeah. But also, that Wiggins wedgie. That one was a surprising one to me because that, like you're saying. That was a gentle, soft shot to actually have enough force to stick in there in the back of the rim. Surprising to me. Yes. Greg, it's a long show, man. Just slow down. Yeah, Greg, we got you, Greg. We got you, Greg. 25 minutes into this podcast. You know we're going another 30 or so. We'll get to Joel Embiid as he's uh, messaging, where's the love? We'll get to Joel Embiid. Just relax, Greg. We're trying to enjoy some wedgies, and you're killing my wedgie buzz, man. God. Um, yes. People are asking, can we get some wedgie merch? Good idea. We're working Good on idea. it right now. Uh, but go to nodunks.com. Just keep refreshing nodunks.com until it pops up. Uh, no dunks thongs on the way. Oh, right there up we the go. Butt Just crack. in time for summer. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, yes, we will get to uh, Joel Embiid. We're going to get into the uh, up-down report. But first, we got to take a break, Greg. I'm sorry, Greg. Sorry, we got to hear from our sponsors, man. We got to pay the bills here. So, what do you got, TK? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Before we get into the up-down report, we actually have some breaking news here The from Shams at The Athletic. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Brooklyn Nets have rescheduled their game to be played this afternoon. Um, so that game was canceled last night. If you don't know, on Sunday, a police officer in the Twin Cities region um, shot and killed a 20-year-old black man named Dante Wright during a traffic stop. So on Sunday night, there were protesters that filled the streets of uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, I believe it was, and nearby Minneapolis. And then on Monday, last night, the Timberwolves and then the other pro sports teams in Minneapolis, the Wild and the Twins, they postponed their games. Um, with uh, the Nets were on, um, had the Wolves in town to to uh, excuse me, the Nets were in town to face the Wolves, and that got postponed. So that one is happening here today. Very quickly, like turnaround there, Trey. I think they definitely made the right decision to postpone all these games last night in this area. It's you know, it's sickening that uh, this continues to happen. But I also saw when it comes to the schedule, maybe why this is being played here so quickly. I think it was Hollinger at the Athletic saying like he had done like the numbers or at least the, looking at the calendar. It's like they were not going to be able to avoid a back to back to back for one mm. of those teams because everything is so compressed. So except except having played it today, I guess that's the only like workaround. So that's where we're going to get that game. I guess going to be some uh, afternoon basketball there. Yeah, limited opportunities to make up the game, so they're getting it in quickly. Uh, Greg Popovich honestly nailed it. The first two lines out of his mouth, speaking on Dante Wright. It just makes you sick to your stomach. How many times does it have to happen? The police need to stop killing young black men. There's no other way around it. Uh, We need less guns in this country as well. Um, I don't know. It feels hard to me to reform something where an officer is saying he meant to grab his taser and grabbed a gun. You should know the difference between the two of them. Shameful stuff. Uh, Once again, just another sad day in America and a sad day for the league, obviously, in Minnesota as well. Let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tumbies. It's the up-down report. Let's make uh, Greg happy here. Because before we get to, like, the headline after this game between the Sixers and Mavs, it was Joel Embiid playing some bully ball tray, 36 points. No Chris Stapps Porzingis for the Mavs, and uh, he just overpowered them, 113.95. Again, before we get to the, the Luka comments about the play-in tournament, actually, uh, in the up-down report, we make Greg a happy man. What did you see from Joel Embiid last night there? Well, Joel Embiid is a very good basketball player. It's something that I took away from this one. Allow me to pull up the stats because I'm going to be honest with you, Skeets. Knowing that there was going to be no Chris Stapps Porzingis for this game took a little bit of the shine away for me because the you know Porzingis has been playing pretty well for the Mavericks. Yeah. His his uh, his growth this season, his recovery from injury and getting you know healthier out there, getting more in rhythm, has really helped take the Mavericks to the next level. And if they don't have him as a second guy, if they don't have him as somebody who can at least be in the middle occasionally, uh, they were going to be up against it. And that's exactly what happened. Thirty six for Embiid last night. 
another 15 free throws. There's no way to keep this guy off the line, it seems, because he's very hard to guard to begin with. He's huge to begin with, so he's able to get where he wants to, and he's got a variety of fakes and flails and head pops and things that are just going to, you know, draw contact here and there. And then he actually knocks down the free throws, too, which is really impressive for a big guy. 14 of 15 last night. Uh, Had he not missed so many games, he would still be very high in the MVP conversation, no doubt about it. Sixers are still going to be a tough team come playoff time, especially if Embiid is able to step back or if if Embiid is coming back as he has and is playing at the level he was before. It looks like, despite the fact that he did miss a bunch of time, he doesn't really look rusty. He's playing some incredible basketball right now. So uh, what he brings to the Sixers is an incredible defense. That's locked in right there. And then he also puts so much pressure on the rim that when you're talking about teams who might theoretically be able to knock off the Nets come playoff time, Those are two things that are going to be massive. There's not an answer for Joel Embiid on the Brooklyn Nets inside. Obviously, Embiid is one of the elite centers in the league, and that's a place that the the Nets haven't really devoted a lot of their resources to. They're surviving with buyout guys and Jeff Green and a second-round pick in Nick Claxton, so advantage Sixers there. And then who knows what they're able to get out of their defense. If they're able to limit Harden, Durant, and Kyrie at least make it tough on them. You know, those guys, if you can limit them to 60 to 70 points rather than 80 to 90, maybe you've got a chance. I'm not ruling out the Sixers for a deep postseason run. Yeah, the Sixers are my only hope of saving me $100. Let's be honest here. <laughs> look, yeah. when they have their starting lineup, when they have what they want out there, they're damn near unbeatable so far in the regular season. So I think it could be one hell of a series if the Sixers match up with the Nets and where that happens. I think that's an underrated little race we still have left. I know all the attention is on, like, to get into the sixth seed, to then get into the tenth seed, to get into the plan term and all that. Like, those are fun to watch. And even, like, home court advantage is, is there as well. But, like, that race to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference trait is really important if you think about it. Like, you probably then don't have to play two of the other elite teams, right? Like, let them take out one yeah. another. Let them, you know, defeat one another. And you get that one seed, like, let's say it, it is the, let's say it's the Sixers. Well, then you're probably only going to have to play either the Bucks or the Nets um, in, a, in a conference finals type situation. And I know anything can happen. I know the Heat maybe spoil the party, stuff like that, spoil the fun. But, like, that's big. That's something to watch. And it's still, like, a nice little race there. Uh, you know, Bucks are trying to hold on in that one. But, yeah, that's fun. Sixers, though, got to save me $100. <laughs> they got to play this elite. Joel Embiid's got to be this monster. <laughs> He's got the, the money uh, already. Playoffs. I know. He does have my money already. Uh, tasked with the uh, the bet saying the Nets were going to the finals after they made their uh, move for Harden. I said, oh, hold on. What about chemistry, man? You don't usually get it done in the first year. Huh. They don't even need chemistry. They don't play together ever. They just uh, have one or two of them out there and then continue to kick ass. But Sixers, uh, man, yeah, they're, they're obviously a really, really good team and I think should make it a bit of their uh, game plan here to try and go get that number one seed to help their chances of uh, only having to take on one of those teams. That's my personal yeah. opinion on it and we'll see if they do it. A hundred percent. Like the home court advantage is almost gravy at that point. The only having to play one of the other three best teams is huge because no doubt these three teams have separated themselves. Like you're saying, it really feels like the Sixers are your best chance, but the the, the Bucks have a chance as well. Yeah. Other than that, it would be a surprise. You know, it'd be a surprise on par with the Heat last year going to the conference finals, really picking their game up and just figuring everything out at the exact right time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the two three seeds... Uh, That's going to be a nice series uh, in the Eastern Conference. Unfortunately for those two teams, they're going to be meeting around earlier than they would be hoping. Yeah. All right. So 
There you go, Greg. Uh, that one's for you, Greg. Yeah, after the game. Luka Doncic, uh, you know, made some headlines here with something he said. He was very critical of the NBA's play-in tournament concept. He said, quote, I don't understand the idea of a play-in. This happened after the Mavs lost, of course, third defeat in four games. You play 72 games to get into the playoffs, then maybe you lose two in a row, and you're out of the playoffs. So I don't see the point of that. So the up or down question for everybody in the stream team right now, everybody watching, listening later, let's see those thumbs down in the comment section. Are you up or down, Trayon Luka, being critical here of the NBA's play-in tournament concept? I'm down. I'm down. The seven and eight seeds in the West, guaranteed to hate the play-in tournament. It's hard enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference, and now you kind of got to do it twice. But I don't remember Lucas saying anything about it last season when it wasn't really a possibility that the Mavericks were going to be in the play-in tournament. But to me, this really just shows the league messed up calling it the play-in tournament. Call it the playoffs, and it's an accomplishment because... Like I just mentioned uh, a little bit ago, this is keeping fans of bad teams involved. It's exciting to see a playoff race between Zion Williamson and Steph Curry. It's exciting for me as a Bulls fan to see a team that hasn't been in the playoffs try to make it into the playoffs. I'm living and dying hoping they get the 10th seed, which is something that I would have never done before. I'm usually dipping out on a team that's nine games under 500 this deep into the season. And I think it's good for the league too. We've got stars trying to make the playoffs in both conferences. They're both on under, all these stars are on under 500 teams, but you're tuned in for it because they're actually playing for something here. Uh, Luca's biased, right? He doesn't want to yeah. have a solid season with the Mavericks. You know, they're playing basketball really well. They are five games under 500. They would be challenging for uh, a home court advantage seed, a top four seed, if they were in the Eastern Conference. But unfortunately for Luca. He's in the West. So, yeah, if you're in the 7th or 8th seed in the Western Conference, I would be mad too. But all the other teams, I think, are loving it. Yeah, slip of the tongue there. You meant Mavs are over, five games over 500 there, 29 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Maybe this is, like, his real issue with it. First off, you're right. This is totally predictable. It was always going to be the case. Whoever was in the 7th seed is going to be like, sure. what do you mean? We're usually always in the playoffs at this point. Now we got to, like, actually sort of still win our way in. But I will say... In the bubble, even, when we first implemented this, there was the whole, like, you gotta be within so many games to even trigger the play-in game. And stepping back from it, I can understand why that makes some sense. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, fair, is that the right word for it? Who cares, maybe? It's the rules, and they're the rules, and everybody knew them when you started the season. If the Mavs really didn't like it, they could have said, we're not playing the entire season until you get rid of these or something. But... Maybe if you're so far ahead of those teams that are chasing you, still in that sort of little mini play-in game, that then you don't need to play it, and you're already locked. So there's like that idea of trying to build that cushion. I can see that it is sort of crazy in a weird way that you could be like the seventh seed in one conference, 10, 11 games up, right? And then over in the other conference, you're, uh, you're a game up, and you're both still having to actually get your way in. That's got to be a real kick to the balls. I get it, but... Uh, now, maybe they can tweak it a little bit, or maybe not. We want to see more playoffs anyway, and you're right. Maybe calling it the play-in tournament was the whole problem with this, and it's got them all worked up. I don't know. There's a three-and-a-half game gap from the Mavericks at seven to the Warriors at number 10. So, so it's was, close. It's very yeah, close. Okay. Yeah, it's the Fair same enough. thing, and uh, it's very it's similar on the in the Eastern Conference. I remember last year they invited the Wizards just so that they could like have more Eastern Conference teams there hanging yeah. out. Five-and-a-half games right now separate the Bulls at number 10 
and the Celtics at number seven. So, yeah, there's obviously the huge gap there, but I don't know. It is exciting. Uh, I think that there are more eyeballs on these teams, and I feel like yeah. uh, there are less teams coming into this season that were intentionally trying to be bad. Uh, as we've talked about, it's kind of like it's been the thunder. You know, they didn't really have a plan to be a great team this season, as we've seen over the course of time. They've uh, played some of their big-name players less to try and get a little bit better pick come uh, summertime. I don't know. I think it's good for the league. I think it brings in the eyeballs for these teams that are right on the cusp of the play-in tournament. Obviously, people are going to be excited when it's the actual play-in tournament. And it's keeping a team like the Wizards involved enough that they're like, we're not going to completely throw away the season at this point. We're going to try and at least make a run here. Who knows what's going to happen with the Raptors? It feels like there's a little bit less tanking and a little bit more eyeballs on the mediocre team. So I think it's working the right way, personally. Yes, and uh, some people in the stream team pointing about, let's uh, let's ask Luca again if the Mavs fall to ninth or 10th. Sure. We'll, just, we'll just get his take then, maybe, on the play-in tournament. Hey, look, maybe he's a man of principle. Maybe he's like, nope, nope, we're not playing. I'm a purist. We, yes, we didn't make it with the ninth seed. We will not be showing up to that game because we did not technically, in my opinion, make it to the playoffs. Now, that would be impressive. If he, if he holds strong with his stance, uh, kudos to him. But uh, something tells me he would maybe change his tune a little bit. Right now, they're in the seventh seed, and he's just like, he's just frustrated. Like, hey, we've had a great season. Now we still gotta, we just still got to win one more yeah. game to get in. Like, why did we play 72? You know, when you step back and look at it like that, you're like, yeah, that's a fair point. But <laughs> for all the other reasons we just talked about, it's making the game, a little, uh, making the league at least more entertaining, uh, I think, overall. Our next one, guys, let's see the thumbs. It's going to be a quick question because you can just start showing it right now, JD. Up or down on Kyle Kuzma's fit from last night? Now, I believe these are mirrors, or he has holes through his body, which is really trippy. Um, yeah, mirrors like plastered on this jacket. It's pretty bulky looking there. Um, hmm. Trey, you get us started up or down on Kuzma's very, very interesting fit here. Mirrors. That's, those are mirrors. I, I, I thought those were I like... I think so. I don't... Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, are these Kleenex boxes that are sewn into his jacket? That oh. would be very weird, but uh, I think mirrors makes a lot more sense. They seem to be reflecting, I don't know, like, you look on his hip, maybe that's a, a window that yeah. it's reflecting. Ultimately, uh, I'm going down on this. He looks a little bit like uh, a character from the movie Wild Wild West. Starring Will Smith and uh, Kenneth Branagh. That's like a sci-fi movie set in the 1800s. Uh, so, you know, they have like a, like a big mechanical spider and everything's like very steampunky. <laughs> I'm generally a fan of Kuzma's fits. He is willing to take a risk. He yeah. was recently wearing a pair of jeans that looked like they had a hundred condoms sewn into them. <laughs> I was like very Lisa Left Eye Lopez look from him. That one I liked. This one is not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, you got to respect uh, his originality. I'll give him that. But I am down because you just can't convince me that this is comfortable at all. There's just like, <laughs> it looks heavy. It's boxy. It's boxy. I mean, it's just like, are you just, uh, there's no way. They're, like, if that they are, I believe, mirrors, well, that means there's obviously, they're not like, they're not generally light and they're very <laughs> rigid. I am uh, baffled by this one, um, but people are having some hilarious comments here. He's looking like a, you know, a, a portal, basically. He looks like the final <laughs> boss of a video game. Um, Somebody said he looks like the, uh, like, Operation, the board game where you have to reach <laughs> in and, like, <laughs> take out the little bones. <laughs> it's kind of perfect. You know, hey, let me grab that humorous real quick, Kyle Kuzma. 
Um, yeah. JD, do you want to jump in here? Uh, bring your opinion to this Kyle oh, Kuzma sure. fit. What do you think of this? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm down. Um, it's ridiculous, um, especially as a, somebody who uh, I would be if I was here, I would probably be shooting this guy with my camera and not not wanting to get in the jacket. You know, I don't want to see myself in the jacket because I'm taking a picture of him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right, uh, good point. So, although I don't see anybody in the reflection right now, so that's cool. But yeah, no. Also, what if you fall down? Yeah, that's what that's what somebody just said. My man trips and he dies. Like glass shards everywhere. It's like seven times at least four eight. So it's like a hundred years bad luck or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's multiple people saying. You know, it does have that video game vibe where this is Irwin saying where you have to break all the circles that's in him <laughs> to take down his health to Ooh, ultimately yeah. beat him. For sure. You're gonna like want the Contra like spray gun on that one, try and hit as many of the mirrors on him at once. <laughs> uh but then again, maybe not the strongest weapon, so you're really gonna focus on one. Uh are they on his back too? Uh, great, those those mirrors? Question. You would think so, right? <laughs> All yeah, I know hopefully. is that if this was Jimmy Butler, he would not have them on his back because he has no rear view mirrors. Oh, <laughs> oh! very nice. Very, very nice. Okay, our final one in the up-down report. I think they're a little better than Kuzma's jacket. I actually was surprised you guys didn't uh, bring this up on uh, yesterday's show because I remember you had shared it in the Slack channel, but you guys had a lot to get to on yesterday's show. So we'll slip it in here now. It was uh, announced a couple days ago, right? The WNBA jerseys... Um, I was going to say they were leaked, but I mean, it was uh, they were shared across social media. It wasn't much of a leak. Here they are. Uh, we're showing to them now on our YouTube show. And there's a couple like variations, of course, for some of the teams. We've got them all on sort of one screen here. And there are other ones as well. JD's flipping over. Oh, my goodness. They get a little more creative here. Maybe a little more, oh, yeah. uh, a little more zany here with this variation. But Trey, overall, I mean, we don't have to go through every single one. But overall, up or down, on the uh, new WNBA jerseys for the 25th season. Oh, majorly up. I think they did a great job with basically all of these. It's hard to choose just one that looks the best. We shouted out the Sky jerseys on Happy Hour uh, on Thursday, last Thursday. Right. I've seen some people comparing the pinstripes on the Sky jerseys to the Chicago Bulls, which is understandable. They're both basketball teams, but those are Chicago Cubs pinstripes. They're light blue. Mm. Tremendous stuff. Also going to give a shout out to the Atlanta Dream Set. I really like the rainbow trim on their Rebel Series. Mm-hmm. They've got a Jimmy John sponsor, Freaky Fast, Freaky Good, works for basketball. And they've got an Arby's sponsor on one. There's an Atlanta jersey with an Arby's sponsor. Their headquarters <laughs> is in Sandy Springs, Georgia. They were founded in Boardman, Ohio. <laughs> Clearly, Arby's knows about basketball. They are a local company bequeath the meats yes all right come on arby's um that indiana fever one that we have up right now on the far left i mean yeah stranger things vibes everybody's gonna want the number 11 on that one Mm -hmm. i mean that's a must cop that would be a great uh, coachella jersey in in 2020 2044 whatever in the future uh but jd what do you what do you think of these bad boys as you're sharing uh most people generally thumbs up on these i'd say yeah i love them uh what's what's the top right the green one with the is that what is that uh, that's maybe like uh the dallas wings uh, i think yes. that might be yes that's correct yeah those are cool yeah they're uh, <laughs> these are great 
as somebody said as well, these are rival the I'd love to see these in the NBA. I mean, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Trey, you were concerned, I remember. You want to cop some of these, but you're concerned about the fit for you. Did you do any, like, investigating? Can, like, is there male versions that you can buy of these WNBA jerseys? Are they all sort of uh, unisex jerseys? Because you were worried about one of, like, the collars on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm an... I don't know. The, the the sky collar has like an extra dip to it, not right. dissimilar to like, you know, the Lakers have the wishbone collar, an unusual collar. It sticks out. Uh, but I think I think the general consensus is, is size up one size if you're okay. looking to buy this and you're a man. But um, I don't know. These are really good. And it's something interesting to me to see the reactions of these because these are all like completely fresh new jerseys there's not a lot of rehashes of old WNBA jerseys this is for like a 25 year anniversary you see like the the Liberty jersey I think that it, or maybe the equality jersey is a horn or a, a Charlotte jersey nonetheless what I'm saying is that these are all new jerseys these are not just uh, remaking an old jerseys and people love them you don't have to put out the same retro unis or the same retro inspired uniforms every single time you come out with a new uniform right in the NBA a lot of times it feels like if the the uniform doesn't look similar to one that people used to love fans are gonna hate it right away but as we're seeing with the reception to these completely fresh completely new uh, WNBA jerseys you just gotta embrace the new people take a chance here look at that Phoenix Mercury one orange to purple if somebody in the nba did that if the suns did that people would say that's ridiculous but this is getting a great reception basically all around the internet yeah it's funny i think the one that maybe people like the least of all these WNBA jerseys maybe is the minnesota one that we're seeing right now because it's just like a classic you know timberwolves jersey now i actually like it because i love the color of that and you know it's the nostalgia factor and all that but i i I think i'm agreeing with your point trey that it's like most of them, most of them, not all of them, are like, wow, brand new. Wow, that's a, a different design. That's mm. quite unique. Whereas that one, maybe some people are like, eh, seen it before. You know, sure. it's not, you know, not, not all original, which I think is interesting. But I actually like, I, I think I like nearly all of these. Yeah, I mean, totally. I guess you can nitpick. There's some where you're like, okay, yeah, there's not much going on on that one. That's fine. Like that Las, that Las Vegas one right there. Eh, mm-hmm. Okay. But then the Aces one where it's going down, uh, the text that down the... Um, it's the word I'm looking for vertically, I guess. Yeah. Um, I like it. So, yeah, most people are high on these. So kudos to the to the WNBA for knocking some of these out of the park. And, like, you can really do some deep dives on these, too, like the meaning and all that. I, you know, some of you guys are, like, huge, like, unithread geeks out there where you, like, want to know, like, oh, why do they do that or what's the detail on that? Have at it because uh, there's a lot in some of these. Even if at first glance they look, like, somewhat basic, you can uh, – you can go in on it. So kudos to the WNBA knocking this out of the park. Most of you were thumbs up on that one. All right. We still have Tweet of the Night, which actually also has um, sort of a logo vibe to it. Mm-hmm. A little callback to something we did last week. But before we get to that. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures both analog and digital, a lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets, the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. 
With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet uh. Okay, Tweet of the Night is actually Tweet of the Morning. For getting specific here, because good friend and fan of the show i'm stefan vasilev on twitter he tweeted this morning off of skeet's rant last week that's what it was a rant it was more of a segment uh i give to you the northern <laughs> basketball association or what if we do to the nba what the nba did to the raptors and shoved them in obscure foreign cities <laughs> following skeet's deep research inspired by city color so yes on the drop last week we ended that podcast with me uh, being upset that the Raptors were in Tampa Bay, that we're like, look, it, we're putting all the American cities in, sorry, all the American teams in Canadian cities next season and only make it fair. And I went through every single team and I placed them and I gave you guys weird facts and we had a blast doing it, I think. So look at this, Stefan Vasilev, <laughs> literally making all the logos for all the, all the teams I suggested, all, this, uh, all the Canadian teams, uh, the US, uh, US NBA teams in Canadian cities. And some of these are... 
pretty damn good. These like, are uh, really, some yeah. of the colorways are like, damn, they should try that out. Maybe, uh, maybe not move the uh, city up into the Canadian, move the Canadian, uh, move the American team to the Canadian city. I can never get that wrapped around my head. Right. Um, but I love the medicine hat Mavericks. Oh, up yeah. in the top oh, yeah. right. So good. That is one of my favorites. So great stuff uh, from Stefan Vasilev. He started working on this, like while we were doing the drop podcast, <laughs> he was tweeting me. And awesome. I was so happy because I was like, I know somebody's going to do this, and it's probably going to be him. So that's why I really leaned into that bit. It wasn't a rant. It was a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are having some cool colorways, and obviously it looks just funny with some of the team names. Like, I think some people would buy some of these. Uh, oh, you know, like, I was just going to say. Bootleg shirts, if you want. Yeah. Oh, Pickering Pelicans all the way. That looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Trey, do you have a favorite besides maybe the Medicine Hat Mavericks from the bunch here? I actually like the look of the Maple Ridge Grizzlies. I don't know why yeah. that one is sticking out to me. A green bear? I'm here for it. Mm. Uh, looks great. Uh, Maple Ridge also sounds like a delightful kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear uh, your favorites in the stream team and the YouTube comments. Uh, again, excellent work here from uh, Stefan. This is, this is awesome. And there are a couple, yeah, that I would illegally slap on a shirt and and wear around because some of them just look i love the mississauga timberwolves one too at the uh i don't know that one just sort of cool with that old wolves howling logo i don't know if mississauga is known for having wolves wandering around (laughs) but uh who knows great stuff Stefan. tweet of the morning yeah coming through here on a tuesday morning okay Pick them results from last night. I sent in my pick to you guys. That didn't do me any favors. I still got the L. So did, uh, well, Lee, by way of JD, because we, mm-hmm. uh, we had Dallas to cover against the Sixers, who were favored by three and a half, but Tass and Trey got it right. Trey's leading the way still. I'm in dead last, falling, you know, still two games back from Lee there in second last place. So tonight's game, Celtics, Blazers, Celtics, the Barry Celtics. Uh, favorite over the Port Moody Trailblazers by one and a half points. Who do you like, Trey? I'm going for the Celtics here. Had a nice win over the Nuggets in their last game out. This is also three games in four nights for the Trailblazers. A little bit better rest for Boston, so give me the Beantown boys. Mm. All right. I will go next, and um, I don't know why I'm just purposely swerving now, and it's gone horribly but give me the blazers at home come on portland i'll get them to cover here it's a small line so it's basically a pick em. uh jd you're picking for lee where are you going i will never pick against portland they're my second team uh mostly because of our our, our man lamar so mm-hmm. yeah uh i'm taking portland all right so hey maybe we get a well Cantor could give us a big beef we could get a wedgie sure. and maybe we'll come through with a blazers pick all right let's find out who Tass is taking I like Portland in this one to bounce back after being embarrassed by the Miami Heat. As far as the Celtics go, they've hurt me too many times. I can't believe in them quite yet, even though they've won five of six. Give me the Blazers. Oh, three of us taking Portland with the plus one and a half. Trey, the only one taking the Beantown boys. Mm. Oh, man, Tass is so right. When it comes to this pick sometimes like there's a team or two that you're just like, you can never pick the game correctly. And then anytime they come back up, in a new one, you're like, you're you're it's it's you're fearful of the pick because you don't know where to go because you can't figure them out because you can never actually call the games they were in prior correctly. So uh, I think Tass is a little worried there with Boston, so he's going Portland. Good luck to everybody. That's it for today's show. 
One Thanks for joining us live. Quick yeah. piece of uh, breaking news, Skeets. I don't know if you're seeing this oh, on no, the screen. Team no. Shams is reporting a torn ACL for Jamal Murray. Torn ACL in his yeah. left Can't say I'm surprised, but mm-hmm. that sucks. So Jamal Murray is going to be out for the rest of the season. Man, that is going to do a number on the Nuggets' chances to go totally. very, very deep in the playoffs. But we talked about it off the top. All these other guys are going to have to step up and... Um, yeah, that sucks. Okay. And of course, as I said, it sucks for uh, Team Canada's chances of potentially playing over in Tokyo for the Olympics in 2021, because apparently they're still doing that. <laughs> I think they have the Olympic torch running around with like no spectators, which makes for a weird sight. Wow. Uh, but yeah. Wow. All right. Sorry to hear that. Um, but again, not all that surprising. We'll see if uh, Morris and Campazzo and Dozier and like you said, in the scoring department, Michael Porter Jr., all these guys. Will Barton, of course, are going to have to step their games up uh, to uh, to go deep into the playoffs. Oh, what a bummer way to end this show. But thank you for the breaking news, everybody in the stream team. Email us your NBA questions for tomorrow's Beach Step and Podcast. Email them in nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic already, uh, you're going to want to because you're going to want to know the latest and uh, the latest breaking news from guys like Shams and stuff like that and all the columns that these guys and women pump out over there at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you to get your very, very cheap uh, subscription to The Athletic. It's well worth it, guys. It's unbelievable. All right. Well, I'm sad now. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, though, tasked with what you need to know. Trey, JD, and I here with The Daily Show. And then we're stepping on the beach later in the afternoon. So... We will see you tomorrow. Everybody stay safe. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, one man's rant is another man's segment. Embrace the day, people. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels whether you're a seasoned fantasy player a baseball stats junkie or just someone who wants to learn more about the game join us for four episodes each week this season including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.